All right, Alexander, let's talk about a developing story, which is the coup attempt in Germany. We did a video, gosh, maybe like about a month ago, I want to say, maybe two months ago. I'm not sure the time, uh, the time frame of that video, but uh, we talked about how the German government is trying to find ways to, uh, to take out De Linke and AfD, trying to remove them from the political scene. Anyway, here you have the government, which is very worried about uh, protests and the energy situation and the economic situation in Germany, all of these things going on. And um, what do you get uh, popping up a couple of days ago? You get a coup in Germany, allegedly a coup, 25 people, something like that. I think actually now it's up to 55 arrests, something like that. And and, and these people, really bizarre type of attempt. They were going to seize, uh, they were going to kidnap lawmakers, and they were going to create, uh, uh, they were going to sabotage the energy infrastructure and create civil unrest and put in Prince Heinrich the 13th That's as right. the interim leader. Really, really weird stuff, but there's an, an ex-IFD official in this group. There's a Russian national, of course. You have, to, you have to throw in the Russian in this group as well. And here we are. No doubt this is going to be leveraged and used by the uh, German ruling elite to clamp down on society. I think that's the one outcome that's going to be a definite. Everything else seems kind of murky and kind of strange and bizarre. What do you think Absolutely. about this story? Absolutely. Now, I, I'm going to say straight away, I mean, you know, this is my own opinion. I mean, obviously, I don't have all the details. Just two things to say. Firstly, these people, whoever they are, whatever they've done, they've so far... The talk of a coup is only alleged. They are entitled to the presumption of innocence, especially now that they're involved in a criminal process. But secondly, and I've got to say this, I mean, this talk of a coup in Germany, one of the m most well-established states in the West, I mean, this seems to me ludicrous. I mean, uh, King Henry, was it Prince Henry the Thirteenth? Merely mentioning, you know, this, you know, this person already makes the whole thing look ludicrous. Old members of the aristocracy, retired members of the military. They have no base in the institutions. They're not involved in the police. They're not involved in the army. They have no connections in the media. They have no connections with the civil service. Apparently, they're going to walk into the Reichstag, the head, you know, the, the, the building that holds the German parliament. They're going to arrest you know, hundreds of German MPs. They're going to install their new leader, Prince Henry Thirteenth, as the ruler of Germany. The whole thing looks utterly fantastic. I mean, it just looks ludicrous. I mean, you know, I, it, that there is a lot of unhappiness within Germany, that there are some people in the military and the security services who are unhappy about Germany drifting back into a confrontation with Russia, that there are people who are unhappy about the deteriorating economic situation and about the way in which Germany is industrializing, deindustrializing, I'm sorry, um, that there are people like that, many of them, you know, conservative old-fashioned conservatives, Bismarckian conservatives who remember, you know, the old tradition of German-Russian friendship, which Bismarck tried to build, 
some of them may have some sympathies with the IF there, that they were you know, prepared to talk with each other and have discussions about these sort of things with each other. All of that I'm prepared to believe, that there was a serious plan to carry out a coup is just, it's just ludicrous. I, I, I can't believe it. I think when we see the you know, real prosecutions begin, the absurdity of this case will become absolutely clear. And as has been pointed out to me, by the way, by uh, somebody in a private email, um, the German authorities quite recently also tried another case against some other people. Um, um, you know, this time that they were going to try and set up some kind of a terrorist group, the Nord something or other, I can't remember the exact name. And when it went to court, the evidence proved so thin that even a German court, very sympathetic to the German authorities, had to say the whole thing was just nonsense, even though the alleged leader of this group ended up getting a 21-month 20, suspended sentence, which given that you know, the court seemed to accept that there was no reality to it, I, I still find an extraordinary... Uh, miscarriage. But anyway, that's another story. The fact is, they, they, there is a pattern of this. And you're absolutely right. It looks like the German government, the German authorities are getting extremely nervous. The German interior minister is apparently on a mission to destroy the right. Apparently she's talked about this. This looks completely consistent with all of this. Finding enemies, talking about coups, playing on the insecurities many Germans have from, you know, their past. There's a drama series which is being shown in Germany. I watch it called Babylon Berlin, which is set mainly in the 1920s, time when there were attempts to carry out real coups against the German government at that time. But coups fermented by elements within the army, the military of that time. But of course, you play up the fact that all that was happening. Then you make it seem that like there's a danger of that sort of thing happening now. And what is the ultimate objective? Well, I'm glad you referenced back to that program we did about the moves to ban Delinka and the IFD, especially the IFD, which I sense is the thing that they're really worrying about. It, I can't help but think that this is preparing the ground eventually for that. Yeah, um, no, no doubt about it. I mean, even, even if this was a, a legit coup, the, how it's going to be used is obviously against the, uh, the political uh, opposition. Yes. And in this case, we're talking AfD. Yes. Yes, exactly. I mean, I, I mean that, that is clearly whom he targets. As I said, it's clearly focused against the right, as you said, the Russian connection. Valerie B, <laughs> this person, this Russian uh, national who is supposed to have been involved. It's a strange business because Valery in Russian is a man's name. Valerian. Valery. But we're told this person is a woman. I mean, I just, just mentioned this oddity, which I don't completely understand. But anyway, we'll no doubt get clarification of that too. But notice a Russian woman makes it seem even more like a spy story, a spy thriller, you know, just a James Bond novel. 
the femme fatale, who knows? <laughs> Something of that kind, who's, you know, supposed to act as the liaison with the Kremlin, except, of course, apparently even the German authorities accept that there was no real contact between this group and the Kremlin. I, it doesn't seem as if there was even contacts, but even if there were contacts, they didn't lead anywhere. The Russians didn't take this group seriously, uh, if they even knew about it at all. I mean, the German authorities have accepted that that part of it never really worked out. But anyway, but that's in some ways neither here nor there. You throw in a Russian dimension to this story, you give it that air of intrigue, you set the scene for saying, you know, that the IFD is a right-wing Trojan horse, that it's, you know, a throwback to the ideologies that existed in Germany before the war. It's a throwback to the kind of politics that led to the disaster of the 1930s, that just as their ancestors did back in the 20s, you know, trying to foment coups, they're trying to do the same. We have, as I said, this TV drama going on, reminding people in Germany that that kind of thing used to happen in the 1920s. And ultimately, that's really your agenda. It's to come after the right. And I gather the German interior minister has made no secret of this. Yeah, AfD came out right away when this happened and they issued a statement and peace for AfD. And they said that this is uh, being done as a distraction, distract away from all of the economic and energy problems that Germany is uh, facing and are just going to get harder as the winter uh, pushes on. Uh, what are your thoughts about that? And to, to, to close out the video, something bothers me about the reporting of this uh, of this coup, and that is the mention of of uh, Q and certain elements that uh, that were part of of say the the Jan six and all of and and the two thousand twenty yeah. um, election and campaign and all of these things in the United States. That kind of bothers me because it, it, I, I never pictured Germany as having all of these these type of uh, of Q things in Germany. And yeah. I never knew that this stuff was, was popular or had any kind of traction in Germany. I don't know. So I, I wonder why that stuff was kind of put well, into the, into the narrative. And does that signal some sort of, uh, of, of deep state U S type of yeah. involvement in shaping the yeah. media narrative for the story? I don't, I don't know. I, 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 I don't the, know either. But I, I, that was like, that's yeah. weird. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know either, and of course we don't know. But I mean, I have to say, you're absolutely right. These are American things. These are American issues. Not ones that you associate with Germany at all. And one has to wonder whether that points to some kind of American connection. <laughs> whether the fact that these allegations are, are being made against these people is because someone in the United States, we don't want to be too specific at the moment because we don't know, but someone in the United States is involved in driving this whole thing. After all, it's not so very different from what happened, what's happening in the US itself, where all sorts of people there are also being investigated for all kinds of nebulous 
shall we say, political crimes. So, uh, you know, I, I, you know I, I think it's possible. I think it's perhaps even likely. But we are, we don't have very much evidence at the moment. And I think given that it's a criminal process, we shouldn't try and guess too much. No doubt it will all become clear in due, in due course. Now, coming back to what the IFDS said, yeah, absolutely right. It's not just a distraction. As I said, it's more than a distraction. I'm not, it's, it's a threat to the IFDS, straightforwardly. It's an attempt to link the IFDS. I mean, one of the people who were involved in this group is an ex-IFDS MP. So they're going to be moving. You, you can see that the pieces are being moved into place. And the IFDS is absolutely right because situation in Germany, as we've discussed many times, is becoming very bad. And um, winter has now become cold. Um, I read, I think it was on Zero Hedge, that there's been a significant decline in the amount of gas in the underground gas reserves. Still a lot there, but, you know, it's starting to be run down. We know that a recession is on its way. Uh, we know that there's a lot of hardship. We know that there are protests, especially concentrated in eastern Germany. And these are anxious times. So you can sense again a German government committed to a policy, um, aware that that policy is becoming criticised, both on the streets and from people who are, if you like, on the fringe of the German establishment itself, you know, aristocrats, ex-military people, ex-police people, those sort of people. It's starting to become nervous. It's starting to become paranoid, if you like, or maybe paranoid is too strong a word. But anyway, they're becoming very insecure. They're looking for um, enemies. They're trying to create this, construct this narrative of the Federal Republic in danger and they're hitting out. Because the danger is, especially in German, with German history, that if you start talking about coups, if you start drawing attention to the fact, as they're doing, by the way, because they're accusing these people of not really um, supporting the German constitution. They say that the German constitution isn't a real constitution because it was imposed on Germany by the Allied powers. You start drawing attention to these points. I mean, the risk you run is that they start to gain traction because I'm not going to get into a debate on this programme about how the present German constitution came into existence. But let us say it is a product of the period after the Second World War when the Allied powers did have extraordinary influence in Germany. So, you know, you are you're risking the fact in a time of economic stress and deindustrialization and talk of war. There's a lot of talk about war and talk about arms buildups and things of this kind. You, you are risking the, you are risking the possibility that you're going to start reminding people of all sorts of realities about Germany, both about its past and about its present, which perhaps, if you're an insecure government, you would be better advised not to do.
Yeah, can I make a final comment? The, yeah. the, the whole thing, I'm listening to what mm. you're saying, but the whole thing is so... They're the ones... What I mean, they... Um, Brabeck, uh, Brabeck, Habeck, Schultz, von der, von der Leyen, who's German. They're the ones that brought about their own yeah. industrialization. They did it to themselves. That yeah. is the God-honest truth. This is not a Russia thing, no, a yeah. Ukraine thing. Yeah. They did it to themselves. They're the ones that cut Russia off. They're the ones that looked the other way when Nord Stream 1 and Nord Stream 2 were blown apart. They're the ones that went full speed ahead with the sanctions war. They brought this deindustrialization to themselves. And it's almost like they're trying to manage the deindustrialization of their own country to make sure that not only are we going to deindustrialize because we made these decisions, we made these decisions to destroy German factories and German energy, but we're going to make sure that there are no possibilities of protest whatsoever for yeah. anybody to, whether it's a political yeah. party, whether it's people getting out on the streets, we want to make sure that there's no possibility of any type of, uh, of reaction to the deindustrialization that we're putting our country through. I, I, I don't know. That's, that's how it feels yeah, to me. I, I, I entirely agree. I mean, it's, it's an attempt to delegitimize any criticism and any protest against these policies, which are transforming Germany through a process of deindustrialization, which is not one that the German people have ever shown every, any sign of wanting to support in any significant way. So I completely agree. I think that's exactly what it is. I'm going to add something else. I mean, I'm old enough to remember the 1970s when Germany was racked by left-wing terrorist groups, you know, the Red Rotter Army Faction, Baden-Meinhof Gang, as it's sometimes called. Um, um, and it wasn't just the only one. There were student protests. Some of the universities were barely under uh, control at that time. And I remember how much more confidently the German state responded to this. I mean, it, it, the German government comes across as far more nervous and insecure today than it did back in the 70s when, as I said, people were being killed. I'm not just talking about, you know, my, you know, minor people, but, you know, there were armed attacks, murders of members of the German establishment at that time. So, I mean, you know, it, it, it shows you two things, how much more insecure these people are today, the, the, the government today is, as compared with the government of, the Germ of Germany of the 1970s, and how much more willing they are to short-circuit legal procedures, because that's another aspect of this story we haven't gone into, but already these people are being called all sorts of things, which I would have thought was prejudicial to the trial that they will one day have. But I'm not going to... Well, we discuss this in detail now. The second thing I'd say about about all of this is how much more intolerant they are. In the 1970s, the German authorities of that time were particularly careful to do things, at least by appearance, according to the book. And they weren't, you know, storming the universities, hunting around for people, doing that kind of thing, because they understood, you know, the, the dangers in the dangers of doing that. Well, this time we have an interior minister who apparently is, you know, 
very keen to start rounding up people on the right, perhaps on the left too. When I mean the left, I mean the linker. And you can also see that there are these murmurings of people eventually coming after the IFJ itself. So they're more intolerant and they're more insecure and they're more willing to cut corners than has been true in Germany up to now. And of course, you're absolutely right, they are ultimately responsible for the deindustrialization and also for the destabilization of the situation in Europe, with Merkel now openly saying that, you know, she didn't have any real interest in Minsk, the Minsk II. There was all a device to string the Russians along until Ukraine rearmed. So, I mean, you know, you can see who is really responsible for the crisis. But, of course, we have to come after Prince Henry XIII and his friends. Yeah, um, I'm glad you brought up Merkel. Uh, actually, um, Russia is saying that Merkel's confession may be grounds for a tribunal as well. Yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, what uh, the Russians are saying is that it looks like there was a premeditated preparation for war. So, I mean, it's a sign of an intention to launch war. I mean, I'm not going to analyze. from Merkel. It's you a would stunning think admission. That a more seasoned yeah. politician like Merkel wouldn't make this type of blunder. Well, she, she's doing it because she's under enormous pressure personally in Germany at the moment. But having said that, it is a stunning admission. It's been picked up in Russia. The Russians are seething about it, as you can well imagine. But of course, it's something which I suspect they've long suspected. I told you an awful lot about Merkel, by the way. Right. I mean, the kind of the kind of cynical yeah. person she is. And let us never, ever overlook her responsibility for the crisis, both within Germany and in Europe and in relations between Russia and the West. Her long years of power, we always said this, have created a desert and it's a desert which is now being populated by some terrible things. And, of course, it's weakened not just Germany and the structures within Germany itself, but it's created a crisis in Europe for which she must bear the ultimate responsibility. Yeah, well, she, uh, in a way, you could say she was one of the people that, uh, along with, say, Newland and these characters, birthed. Uh, the Maidan birthed the 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 debacle of Minsk One and Minsk Two. She yeah. sabotaged those. Uh, she gave us the Schultz. She gave us the rise of the Green Party. Yeah. She gave us von der Leyen. I mean, yeah, I know. She I... she put the world tw towards a terrible path. Absolutely, all the threads reach back to her. I mean, she she perhaps had more skill in keeping things under control while she was there. But once she left the scene, all the results of what she did, well, they, they're becoming visible. They're, and as I said, they've created a crisis, which is the greatest crisis, to be clear about this, that Europe has experienced since the end of the Second World War. I mean, it, this is bigger than the Berlin crisis, in my opinion. It's a longer-lasting crisis, but it's, this is a very, very dangerous crisis indeed. All right, uh, thedoran.locals.com and 
go to the Durant shop, 10% off, use the code GOODDAY. We are also on Rockfin as well. Take care.